Uh, this coming up Sunday, we will have 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock service. So um, we'll be back doing that. Um, we did, you know, as you know, last Sunday we did not have service. Saturday evening we had them come in and, and clean and wipe down and, and spray that fog and mist and all the stuff they did. Uh, just as a precaution, we figured an ounce of prevention was better than a pound of cure. So we had them come in and treat the building. And um, uh, we just want to take, you know, some steps. We're not going to lock down and, and make everybody wear a mask and things like that. If they want to wear a mask, that's fine. But we, but we do want to just be cautious. Remember to wash our hands, use hand sanitizer. If somebody doesn't want to hug you, don't force them to hug you, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, don't uh, just c come up with that wave first. If they extend your hand, there you go. But if make sure you, hey, check them out first, you know. And most importantly, if you have been around someone who has been sick, please, I love you and I love our people. Don't come to church. Please don't do that. And if you have been sick or if you're sick that morning, if you've got a fever that morning, I'll be better in Lord. Well, be better watching online, and then, then come see us after you've been well for about 24 hours. Then come see us. We just want to be smart about it. We want to take care of ourselves, and I think if we can do that, we can avoid any extremities. And uh, I think if we'll just be smart and use common sense, take care of ourselves, that we'll be all right. Amen? Praise God. Uh, tonight, if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, uh, been a... a a verse on my mind for a couple of days and got to digging into it some tonight and just want to talk about it a little bit, maybe open our eyes to uh, us, our, you know, look at ourselves and, and how we live for God and what we're doing for God. And uh, So Matthew chapter 6 and verses uh, 31 through 34, Matthew 5 through 7, those, those chapters are really great. Boy, Jesus is really just laying some good stuff down in those, those chapters. And, uh, but some of the most important things that we see uh, in ch chapter 6 uh, pop up to my mind. Uh, the Lord said in verse 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And tonight I just want to talk for a little while on the kingdom of God. I want to preach on the kingdom of God for a few moments tonight. Let's pray for the lesson. Pray for your pastor tonight. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. Thank you for the life it brings, the light it gives. Lord, tonight, help us to receive it into good ground. I ask you to just help me tonight, Lord. And give me words to feed your people, Lord, that we might be better and be changed and be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Now give the Lord a hand for his word tonight. What a great word. Great word tonight. Appreciate him so much. The kingdom of God. Thank you, darling, for playing tonight and singing the kingdom of God. So uh, 
we read this or this passage of scripture is, uh, you know, it's a, a great teaching tool, especially toward uh, new converts because you're trying to help them. They want to know how to grow, how to get better, how to, and you're trying to get them focused because it's a focused scripture. It's like getting you to channel your energy in a certain direction, get your attention on something. And so the word first in there is what makes it so key is that but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. And so we know that the Lord, uh, he does not want us to be vagabonds and to be, you know, uh, beggars, but uh, he does want us to have our priorities right and that we should seek first the kingdom of God. We must remember to seek it first. It must always come first. It must come first before our lives. The kingdom of God must come before our country. Oh, come on now. It must come before our culture. The answer for this world today is the kingdom and what it provides. Unfortunately, what happens is this, is that it is either ignored or it is misplaced in the lineup of people's lives. It's not that they don't want the kingdom of God. It's just not first. It's, uh, the kingdom of God is an attachment to their life. It's uh, part of their resume that, hey, I'm, uh, I believe in the kingdom. I want to see the kingdom, but I got to get this done first. But Jesus said that if you're going to be successful and have what you need, that you need to seek the kingdom of God first. Uh, this was always, always uh, in the forefront of Israel's mind or should have been from the days that they followed Moses in the wilderness because when God gave them commandment, it was, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And, and then you know, you're going to love him and cleave to him and him only shall you serve. And you're going to keep his commandments. And when you keep his commandments... All these things will be added unto you, and you'll be blessed going in and blessed going out. Head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. You know, it was blessing after blessing. Your life is going to be enriched, but first and foremost, it will be by your submission to God. And so that's maybe why he threw in, you know, the Gentiles, because he's talking to the Jews. Salvation is to the Jew first. And he's talking to them. He's like, this stuff ought to already be programmed in your DNA because this is the way God talk to his people when he brought them out of Egypt, that I'm going to be your God, and the first commandment is still the first commandment and the greatest commandment, that you're going to love the Lord your God first, and him only shall you serve. That's it. That's the first and greatest commandment. So, uh, but the second one is like unto it, you'll love your neighbor as yourself. So knowing that this has always been there, uh, we need to make sure that we keep the kingdom of God first and foremost in our life. Number one, that we don't ignore it and then misplace it, put it in the wrong spot. It don't need to be batting cleanup. It needs to be batting number one. It needs to be the leadoff batter. It needs to be first and foremost in the lineup of your life that I am seeking the kingdom of God first because it doesn't work in reverse. You can't go uh, searching out the world and then trying to squeeze God in to your life. You've got to seek first the kingdom of God. And these are the words of the man who died for us. 
This is what Jesus, who shed his blood and, and gave his life, that we might live with him forever. This is the one that said, I'm going away to prepare a place. This is the one that we quote so often and, and look to him and pray to him and use his name. This is what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's got to be first. Now, when we look through, uh, I, I went back after I read that today and was studying, and I, and I just glanced backwards a few uh, verses all the way back to verse 19, and I, I began to see that Jesus is uh, laying the foundation before he gets here to this verse. He begins in verse 19 saying, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Don't get so grounded in this earth. Don't let your treasure be here in earth where moth and rust can corrupt and thieves will break through and steal. You're, you're going to suffer loss if your focus is on the kingdom of this world. He just, that's what he just said. He said, if this is where your treasure is at, you will suffer loss. Because the things of this world, no matter how fine they are, are temporal. They will never last. Uh, Job said, I came into this world naked. When I go out, it'll be the same. The Lord gave and the Lord takes away. He said, I'm not taking nothing with me. All that I have and all this stuff I've already lost wouldn't matter anyway. I'm not taking it with me. But Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust uh, does not corrupt and where thieves cannot break through and steal. If you can get your treasure laid up in heaven, you never have to worry about somebody taking it. It's not going to dissolve. It's an inheritance that, that is incorruptible and undefiled. The scripture said that fadeth not away. The enemy cannot get there to steal your treasure. It's, it's lay it up in heaven where it can't be stolen. And, and, that, and that doesn't mean that I'm talking about literally him climbing into heaven and taking. I'm talking about when you get that inside of you. You know, we always you sing that song, that says, well, the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. Well, that's what I'm saying is that you'll get something inside of you when your treasure is in heaven that no tragedy can take it away, no enemy can take it away, your mistakes won't take it away. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. Uh, nothing that goes on trouble in this world, anything that happens, it, it won't take away what you've got in heaven. And he makes a, a, a point to say where your treasure is, there is where your heart will be also. And so what I see in these passages of Scripture between there and where we started off is there's three examining questions that I wanted to ask myself as I walk in this life. And the first one is right here out of this part. Where is my treasure? Where is my heart? Is it in earth or is it in heaven? When I wake up in the morning, am I looking for heaven or am I looking for earth? Where uh, I'm supposed to be uh, seated in heavenly places and with Christ and I uh, am supposed to be looking for things that are above and not beneath. And so where is my heart? There's nothing wrong with enjoying life. And God has given us all things richly to enjoy. I believe that. But I don't want to get locked into thinking that my relationship with God is tied to the things I have. 
or the things that I am going to have or the things that I lost. Because if you tie it to what you lost, then you feel like, well, maybe God don't love me so much because I suffered loss. But it's never like that because your relationship with God is not based on your stuff. It's not based on material things. It's not based on things that will not be eternal. So uh, where's your heart at? 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither love the things that are in the world. I believe, did I give you that scripture, sis? Is it up there? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, look what he said, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And then look, in all and the world, it passes away, and the lust thereof. So the things that are in this world, they're not going to last. You can't take them with you. Don't tie yourself, don't anchor yourself to things that are going to fade away. They will just hold you down. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Where is your heart and where is your treasure? Where is it at tonight? In Mark 8 and 36, Jesus asked the question, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What is eternity worth to you and me tonight? Is it worth... uh, straying away? Is it worth that little bit of temporal pleasure? Is it worth those things that won't mean anything one day? Is it worth it? It's not worth it. You know, when I I read this question, it's like, what if, I think of it like this, because in this world today, people want their own way. I want my way. Well, what if you get your way, but lose your soul? Because for you to get your way, you will have to let go of the kingdom. For you to get your way, you're not walking in his word. There's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the ways thereof end up in death. I know that every way of a man seems right in his own eyes, and that's the problem in our own eyes. But if we would seek the kingdom of God, the things that really matter will be added to us. So number one, when I examine myself, where is my treasure at? Where is my heart? Because where my treasure is, there will be my heart also. Is he your treasure tonight? And then another question and, uh, that I see in here, verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So the second question I want to ask myself, who do I serve? Well, I serve the Lord. Well, there's a test for that. There's a way you can examine yourself and check yourself out. Romans 6 and 16, you can self-diagnose yourself. I believe if you can throw that up there for me. Did I give you that? Yes. Know ye not that to whomever you yield yourself as servants to obey... His servants you become whom you obey, whether of sin which leads unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Whoever you are yielding to, that's whose servant you are. It doesn't matter what you say about yourself. Who are you yielding to? Whoever you give the power, relinquish the power to, that's whose servant you become. 
That's why it's so important for us to put our flesh under subjection so that we do not uh, live by the flesh because the carnal mind is enmity with God and it's, uh, it cannot be subject to God. It, 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 and so when we are focused on the world and our kingdom and, and the kingdom of this earth, friend, let me tell you, we are not subject to the kingdom of God and we will not enjoy the benefits of the kingdom of God. I want to be kingdom-minded. Joshua asked the question in Joshua 24, 15, choose this day whom you will serve. You've got to choose it. If it seems evil for you to serve the Lord, then choose who you're going to serve. Is it going to be the gods which your father served or is it going to be our God? Are you going to serve this God? As we head to the promised land, as we walk into a place that God has prepared, who are you serving? As we head closer every day, every second, every breath we take, headed toward eternity, who are you serving? Who are you yielding your members to? Are you working for the kingdom? Are you working for him? Is your hand still on the plow? Because the Bible says if we put our hand on the plow and look back, we're not fit for the kingdom. I want to know who am I serving? People are serving the world today. You know, it doesn't mean that they don't want God things, but they're so wrapped up in this world. Their treasure, their heart is somewhere else. They they want to go to heaven, but they think that they can somehow change this world. Let me tell you, you're not going to fix this world. There ain't a law that can be passed that will fix this world. There ain't a president that can fix this world. There ain't nobody can be voted in that's going to fix this world because this world is on a timeline. And I'm not trying to say just gloom and doom and things like that, but people are trying to fix spiritual things with physical worldly answers, and it ain't going to happen. You can't fix what's sin sick. You know, it's sin sick people in this world today. And that's what... uh, walking and marching and meeting and protesting and organizations, it ain't going to fix what's wrong. But prayer and seeking God and a move of the Holy Ghost, hey, it ain't going to fix the world. But it's going to help save people and get them into the kingdom of God. This world is temporal. It has an expiration date. And we have to swallow that reality that this world will not go on. We're on his clock and only he knows the time. You get that? Only he knows when the buzzer's going to go off. You and I are supposed to be watching and we're supposed to be faithful and we're supposed to be doing and laboring for the kingdom of God. I want to, listen, I want to be found laboring for the kingdom when he comes. And then finally, as we read through this, I'm trying not to just uh, drone on, but as we we move on and we get to where we started tonight, the other question is, what am I seeking? Because he said to seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, the Gentiles seek after, uh, what are you going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? What's our clothing? Where where are all the, the natural things? I see everybody else has got this. Where do I get mine? And he said, don't worry about this, Gentiles. He wasn't 
focusing on them yet. He said, they've got their own thing. They don't know me, and they're seeking after these things. They don't have that provision yet. But you're my people, and you're supposed to realize that you should seek me first, and my righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So what am I seeking, or what am I chasing? What is it that I'm chasing after instead of chasing God? What am I trying to draw nigh to instead of drawing nigh to God? What am I, what, what am I getting close to other than God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, oh. I, I, I was telling this to somebody the other day. There cannot be, you can't be a hybrid Christian. You know what a hybrid is? That's when you take two different things, you mix them together, and you create one thing. But God is holy. And God is pure. And the new birth is pure. And we can't be like the world. He said, don't be unequally yoked. Don't be a hybrid. Don't be holding on to the world and trying to walk with me. You can't be a hybrid. You've got to be pure and holy and consecrated. He, he washed us and justified us and sanctified us. And he tells us to keep our garment unspotted from the world. And, and uh, so I, I know there's some things. He wants you to be holy as he's holy. He, he don't want no hybrid children of God. He don't want them trying, because he already said, you can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one and cleave to the other. And uh, so you can, they can say, and people, this world can say it all they want to. Oh, I can do what I want to, and I'm still going to heaven. Say it all you want to, because it won't happen. Because you can't go outside of God's righteousness. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Over and over it tells us that that just will not happen. So what am I seeking? What am I chasing? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. There is nothing that can take the place of the kingdom in your life. Nothing can do that. In John 3, Jesus said, we must be born again born of water and spirit. He said, born again to see or enter the kingdom of God. You got to have that. Nothing else can take the place. You must accept. That's the words, the key words in that, that passage of scripture. Accept a man be born of water and spirit. You know, you must be born again. So we see that it's not negotiable. This has got to happen. It's got to happen for us to see and enter. Well, you know what? It's, in the Gospels, Jesus is always telling things here and there, and it all gets put together in the book of Acts. And so it's kind of hard to seek after something if you can't see it. So he's not talking about uh, this being a one-time thing. He's saying after you're born again, when you can see, and then you have the privilege of entering in, now you need to seek it. I've opened your eyes. Hey, guess what? When you're born again, you come out of that water and you come out speaking in other tongues, you're born of water and the Spirit, guess what? You still got to seek. That's not just like, well, here I am. I ain't got to do nothing else. Now you've got to start seeking because you can actually see. I'm not talking about see with just your natural eyes, but you can see through the Spirit. You can see and hear what the Spirit say. Now you can start seeking because it's the Spirit that searches out the deep things of God, your flesh will never do it. It takes being born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, to understand spiritual things and kingdom of God things. And so nothing, nothing, nothing can take the place of your new birth. 
You've got to have it, and you don't want to shut it down once it's there. You do not want to quench the spirit after that well's been uh, opened up and, and is pouring out in your life. That's why he told the woman at the well, he said, you drink from this well every day and you'll always thirst. He wasn't just talking about that well, water there, but he was saying, that's just how it is. That's natural things. He said, but if you take and drink this living water, you'll never thirst again. That's your new birth. You'll never thirst again. And having the ability to see and enter into the kingdom, that doesn't mean there's automatically a follow-through. Some people are born again and never take another step. They think that's enough. He came unto his own, and they received him not. They knew him not. Just him showing up, it wasn't enough to change him. He walked among them. He said, he said, I was with you daily teaching in the temples. It didn't change him. Let me tell you, seek. That's on us. He's not going to seek the kingdom for us. We've got to seek the kingdom of God. We've got to start figuring out how do I get closer to him? How do I get deeper in his word? Uh, how do I understand? Where do I get this spiritual discernment? Where do I learn how to pray like I ought to pray? Where, what's fasting going to do in my life? I've got to start seeking the kingdom of God. And seeking the kingdom of God is more than just showing up here. It's got to be a, a daily walk with him. It's, it's got to be trying to figure out how do I get through my own stuff? Because, yeah, we are a body, but every one of us has our stuff. And it takes seeking the kingdom of God for everything else to be added to me. So you can't live off somebody else's search. You might learn a little bit from somebody else's search, but you'll never be able to just benefit and live off of their search. Because they're, they're seeking for themselves. They're working out their salvation with fear and with trembling, and they're seeking God. And so I want to make sure, uh, where's my heart? Who am I serving? And what am I seeking? Am I seeking first the kingdom of God? Because I want to make sure uh, that I, I can find. He said, if you seek, you'll find me if you seek me with your whole heart. I've kept him in the right place. I've kept him first if I am seeking him with my whole heart. And that new birth will help you with that because the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, it will guide you into all truth. It will pray for you when you don't know what to pray, and it will help your infirmities. It's going to help you be all right. Water baptism in his name where the blood is applied, it remits the sins of your past. And that has to happen because unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, Paul wrote to us about that and said uh, that such were some of you. Know you not, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived, neither fornicators, adulterers, adulterers, feminine, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you, but you are washed you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's new birth, my friend. That's, that's, that's access to the kingdom. He said he talked about people who could not inherit it, but he said that's what you were. That's what you used to be till this happened. And now you have access to see and enter in, but you still got to do something about it. 
You cannot simply obey Acts 2.38 and then go your way. Woo, I talked in tongues today. I think I'll have a party Friday night. I'm going to celebrate with all my friends at the club. I got the Holy Ghost. What? That's not, that's not how that works. Being born again doesn't move seeking the kingdom down the list. Some, so, some people, they sought for the Holy Ghost so long, they thought, once I got it, that's all I, I ain't doing nothing else. No, no. It don't move seeking the kingdom down the list because just being born again doesn't mean you found the kingdom. You found the way to see it and enter in, but you hadn't found it yet. Hey, guess what? A lot of people that get born again, they still got to learn how to love people, how to be forgiven toward people, how to have peace in their life, how to live right, how to talk right, how to act right. Oh, I've heard people born again talking to them. They're so happy that they just cussed. And didn't think of just... You know, they, hey, they fresh out of the water. They brand new. They, you know, just you know, like a, a baby. He don't know what he's saying sometimes. They just baptize in Jesus' name, got the Holy Ghost so happy. Well, beep, what? And you, you're trying to, you know, it's like people like, you don't want to laugh because you don't want to encourage them. It's like, well, yeah, we'll talk about that. That's, uh, yeah, well, whew, I, I got a lesson on that, you know. Uh, so, you, yeah, it, they don't come out of water. It's not like it all gets downloaded. Right. And they come out of the water like, whoo, here I go. You know, like it's some kind of assembly line. And everything's pre-programmed into them. That's where discipling people and teaching people and studying the Word of God and seeking first the kingdom of God comes into play. Because they, before they went in that water, probably just prior to it, they had been seeking their own kingdom. And now they have access where they can see and enter in. They need somebody to... Guide them. They need somebody to lead them, point them in the right direction, help them, teach them to pray, teach them to have faith, uh, show them how to worship. Man, they don't know how to worship. I didn't know how to worship. My wife will tell you, she said, she, she, she likes telling this story on me. She said, when he, he got up in the choir after he got in church, she said, he didn't know how to shout like church people did. He just knew how to headbang. So that's all I did. I was a rock and roller headbanger. So I was in the choir and I, and I was like this. Everybody else was doing this, and I was like, you know. But I, I just, I didn't know. I mean, you know, hey, I think God understood it. So I just, I was just doing what I do to do, you know. So, but what I'm saying, you, you teach people, man. The, the kingdom of God is so vital, important, and I like it. Can't get moved. You know, we can get so busy trying to have a good service, we forget about seeking the kingdom of God. And, man, the whole thing, Jesus, was t- he was telling them, preach the kingdom. Preach the kingdom. You know, and they would preach the kingdom, telling people to repent. And, and, and they, they wanted people's lives right. The kingdom of God it ain't about stuff. It's about people's lives getting right and, and learning how to live by his word and live by his commandments and, and know his ways. And so, uh, so just being born again, it doesn't move that down the list like it loses importance, like all of a sudden we've arrived because we haven't. We've got to keep learning the the things we want, the things we need, and the things we desire will be added as a result of seeking the kingdom first. So you just just read it real slow and read the wording. But 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, you don't have those things yet. You shouldn't be trying to pull those things to you without seeking him first because in your pursuit of worldly gain, you'll leave him behind. You must take up the cross daily and follow him. You've got to lose your life if you're going to save it. If you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. Peter asked, he said, what shall we have? We've forsaken all to follow you. And Jesus began to tell him, nobody has ever left anything. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But he said, father, mother, brother, sister, houses, lands, you ain't left anything for me, the gospel's sake, that you're not going to be blessed and rewarded and given back even up to a hundredfold. So in, you know, in this life, and then got blessings coming in the life to come. He said, following me is going to pay off here and there. That's why we exercise ourselves unto godliness because bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, this life and the life to come. I want to seek first the kingdom of God. So the things I need or, or want or need or desire are added. If somebody's adding something to you, then you don't already have it. One plus one. You got to put the other one with it to get two. It wasn't there before, now it is. And so the things I want, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When that relationship gets right, when that sheep realizes the importance of that shepherd, guess what he gets? Green pastures, still waters, protection, no fear, a table set up for me in the presence of my enemies. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That, that, that sheep is seeking out that shepherd. He wants to, uh, the Lord said, my sheep know my voice. They're listening for the voice so they can come to where he's at. And Philippians 4.19 said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And then Jesus just told us in verse 32 that the Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He already knows what you need. And then Psalm 37 and 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Let him be first and foremost. Submit yourself to him. Seek the kingdom of God. He said, For everyone that seeketh, findeth. That's what Jesus said. If you seek in the kingdom of God, you're going to find it. But don't add stuff to yourself and then try to squeeze God in. We're trying to you know, wedge him in between uh, I'm busy here, I'm busy there, I can't make it to church, I can't take time to pray, but uh, I'll, I'll put a, a Bible app on my phone and listen to something while I'm eating a sandwich. You know, hey, that's fine, but, but where's your time with him? You, uh, that, you know, can I say this? Just listening ain't seeking. Seeking, man, that, that takes something. You're going to light a candle and sweep the house when you're seeking you're going to go out in the wilderness looking in the caves and in the, in the ditches when you're seeking. And there's examples of people seeking in the Scripture. And, and when you're seeking for something, uh, you don't just listen every once in a while. Mm-mm. You don't just check your bread list off every year. But you are looking at one word and 
hey, what's that word mean? And, and where is it else? And you're digging in Scripture and you're praying and asking God about these things and seeing Him and talking to Him. And, and people think you're crazy because you talk to God that you can't see, but that's all right because He answers. Praise God, He answers. So well, I'm glad that we can seek Him. Listen, you can't add stuff and then seek Him. That's reverse. It don't work in reverse. God's got, He's moving in one direction. He's, he's, he's leading you. You're following him. You're going in one direction. He's not backing up. You've got to keep going with him. It does not work like that. The kingdom is not, don't get it confused, the kingdom is not about stuff. And when we only quote that one little part and say, but seek ye first his kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, well, see, people love things. Well, I want the things. I want the things. Even, hey, that's how they were in his day. They served him for the bread and the fish. What sign do you show us? They thronged him for the miracles. They were always looking for a miracle and looking for things. They, they wanted the things, and people love things. And when they, like, I'm reading this, you know, you get an offer in the mail or something, you, you skimming through it and see, what do I get if I mail this in? What do I get if I, you know, we, we wonder what we're getting. And that's the way some people treat this life with God. Well, I'm trying to figure out what I'm getting. Well, what are the things? But see, that's the wrong thing because the kingdom, Jesus is always, uh, he's not going to get, it's not, the kingdom's not about stuff because stuff trips us up. We must lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. God, God don't want you entangled with the affairs of this world so you can be a good soldier. God, God doesn't want you overloaded with the cares of this life. He doesn't want you, you know, Martha was busy. Oh, you, you're worried and concerned about so many things. You, you, he, Jesus is not going to say, hey, yeah, seek me, and I'm just going to pile so much stuff on you, you can't even pray. The kingdom and seeking the kingdom has never been about stuff. That's just one of the fringe benefits of serving him that God takes care of us. But you don't say, well, man, you know what? I'm going to start seeking God because I really need a new car. I'm going to start seeking God because I'd love to be a millionaire. You know, I, 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 I'm going to start seeking God because I really want a ginormous church. And I re- you know. mm-hmm. That's not why you seek him. Romans 14 and 17 said, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is not stuff that you can consume. It is not stuff that uh, will benefit your flesh. That's not all it's about. But the, the kingdom of God is righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so he said, uh, it, it doesn't change. It's his, still his righteousness, which is faith in Christ. That's where we get our righteousness at. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom of God is. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Not stuff but life. That's life stuff. Living righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The righteous are mentioned over and over and over. If you study them in the Old Testament, you'll see what a benefit it is to live your life righteous. People, that's one of those words that people get scared of. Well, I don't want to say I'm righteous because, you know, I don't want to be self-righteous. Well, that's your attitude then. I mean, you, you cannot... You, but if God calls you righteous, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, the scripture says. You know, and uh, God has, we have righteousness, which is through faith in him. That's, it's just like saying, hey, 
I'm going to live holy. Oh, holy, holier than thou. Where did that come from? I'm just going to live holy because he's holy. You know, I'm just trying to live scripture. So, uh, so righteousness is not a bad word. It's all right to live righteous. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us to live. What? Righteously. <laughs> yeah, so I can be righteous, but then the peace of God that passeth understanding. And great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Let me tell you, I'm telling you, you get that peace that comes from God, and then joy in the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, I love it, and I'm thankful for it. But that's what the, the kingdom of God's about your life, not stuff. As a matter of fact, it is the more. See, listen what Paul said. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Listen to what Jesus said in chapter 6 and verse 25. Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or drink, nor for your body what you'll put on it. Is not the life more than meat and the body raiment? Isn't it more? Isn't it more than stuff? The kingdom of God is the more. That's the life where you get your blessing. That's that life and life more abundantly kind of life. It's because it's not about the clothes you wear, and it's not about the food you eat, and it's not about the house you live in. It's about the God you serve. It's about being able to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's being able to follow him every day with that cross on your shoulder. It's about loving people the way he loved people. It's about him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and you're going to be like Jesus. And that's a life that we live Every day. The kingdom has never, ever, ever been about stuff. It's about the more of our life. Is not the life more. When you live, you live kingdom minded. That's how you live. You live kingdom minded, kingdom seeking, and kingdom living. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Praise God. In Matthew 13. In verses 44 through 46, Matthew writes this parable that Jesus is recounting. And he says, again, the kingdom of heaven. Now, when he says kingdom of heaven, it's, it, it, it's parallel to kingdom of God. It, it, now, there's all kind of things when you study that. But Matthew is really about the only one that uses kingdom of heaven. Several different people, theories to that. He said that the, the Jews didn't like you using God often, so he put heaven in for that. But we also read in the parable just over in Matthew 19 where Jesus interchanges kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God as the same thing. When he's talking about the rich young ruler, how hardly shall a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he said it's, more, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than enter into the kingdom of God. They're the same thing. And so uh, this is how Jesus describes this kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in the field when a man finds, he hides, he hides the treasure, and for joy, look at what's coming with the kingdom, joy. Uh, uh, so uh, that's part of that kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. And for joy, there goes, he sells all he has, buys that field. Nothing is more important to him now than what he has found. He has realized that there is something greater than all the things he's ever done. Uh, you know, if he found a treasure, maybe he was a treasure hunter. And he's looked and looked and looked for something 
that, that one thing that will establish him. That one, that's what treasure hunters do. People that are like archaeologists and treasure hunters, they want to be the one that finds that one thing. Uh, you know, if it was possible and if they could do it, if somebody were to find the Ark of the Covenant, it'd be more than a movie. <laughs> Let me tell you, they would be they're famous. You know, the guy that found the Titanic, you remember how famous he was for a while and it was just big deal, all this stuff. And then, of course, then everybody swarmed in on it. But he found something that, hey, he put his name on the, on the books, put his name on the map. And that's the guy that, Finds a planet somewhere. So, you know, so people are always seeking. Well, this guy's seeking. And he found something. Said, I sold everything I've got, left it all, got rid of it. Kind of like Paul said, the things that were gained for me, I counted lost that I might win Christ. And he, he said, I've sold it all so I can just have this treasure that I found in this field. That's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be like. That should be our attitude. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. When he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it because he realized that, hey, there's nothing that I have in this life that takes the place of what the, this pearl, the life that this pearl is going to give me. And there is nothing in this world that can take the place of the life that seeking the kingdom of God will give you. If you listen, if you're seeking Him first and then these things are being added, that's God adding it. Wouldn't you rather have the things that God wants you to have? It, yeah. I would rather have what God wants to add to me instead of what I want to add to me. Yeah. Yeah, how important it is as a, as a parent when you're, you're raising your kids up and you're, you're trying to, because when they're little, they just want what they want. And they're in a store, I want this, I want this. And, and as parents, we have to go, no, but you need this. And we have to, and they, they think that, oh, no, what I wanted was better, but we know what we actually bought them was better. And they want to order their own food on the menu, and they're like, I want ice cream, and I want cake, and I want, uh, a, a milkshake and and just you know the garbage stuff that you can eat when you're a kid, uh, and we're like, you know, you're gonna have some broccoli, and you're gonna eat some fish, and you you know, and they're like dying, like they're dying, you know, and then they really like they really like it, but they wouldn't let you know they like it for no amount of money. Oh yeah, and that's the way some people do with the Lord. They know that what He's saying is better, but they. They ain't going to let nobody, they, ain't, they don't even want him to know it. They're going to pitch a fit and cry and, and act like, I know better than God. You don't know better than God. I want what God's adding to me. I'd rather have what he wants to add to me, not me just trying to add to myself. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. Oh, yeah, dude, there I am. Treasures and pearls and all those things. But it is amazing how, how that guy, he's like, he probably had a pretty good business selling pearls, but he probably worked for somebody else. He said, you know what? I'm getting rid of everything I got. I'm getting this one, and that'll be worth it all. I tell you what, I wouldn't take nothing for the life I have living for God, but I have not yet attained in this one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward. I've got to keep going forward. I've got to keep seeking God and his 
righteousness. I've got to keep doing that. And so, look, when, when that guy gets that one pearl, everything else he ever needs is added to it. Whatever else he has after that is because of the pearl he found. And then after you come to God, those things, oh, don't you know how fine they are when God sends them your way? And I ain't just talking about a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Matthew 6, Jesus uh, started. I told you he, he was laying foundation before he got to seeking the kingdom of God, but they want to know how to pray. And so when he starts talking to them about prayer, he says, verse 9, pray like this, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give him the glory and honor he deserves. And then uh, thy kingdom come, period. Thy kingdom come, just stop that thought right there. I don't need to add anything else to that. I don't need to try to embellish that. Thy kingdom is all I need. Thy kingdom come. And now let me direct it. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, I know what he's talking about even in this world, this earth, but I'm telling you, this earth, in this earth, this earthen vessel, uh, I want his will to be done in my life. I, I want to make sure that when I am praying and when I'm giving him the glory, honoring him for who he is, and then thy kingdom come, period. No, uh, thy kingdom come, but with a few exceptions. Thy kingdom come, but with, let me change it a little bit. Let me tweak it a little bit. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Yeah, send me all your good stuff, but let me do what I want to do. Send me all your good stuff, but let me say what I want to say or watch what I want to watch or listen to what I want to listen to or, you know, or wear what I want to wear. Just, just let me do my own thing, but just let me go to heaven. Let's just leave it at that. How about that? Thy kingdom come, period. There is nothing that I can add better to my life than his kingdom. Thy kingdom come, period. That's my, my prayer. In other words, Lord, interrupt, shake up, or rebuild my life, but just let it be your kingdom. When you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, you're saying, Lord, tear it up, shake it up, rebuild it, fix it, whatever you've got to do. But that's what it means when you're praying his kingdom and his will for your life. You can't say, oh, Lord, have your will in my life. And he's like, all right, I'm going to tear some stuff up. Whoa! <laughs> Wait a minute now. Tearing up. Yeah, I got to get some stuff out. Oh, I, I, I got to let go of stuff. Yeah, you, you will. You'll let go of things so you can gain things, uh, so you can have the things that he wants you to have. So thy kingdom come, period. That's my prayer. Because if I get the kingdom first, then the rest is going to be added. I don't want to be like the Gentiles. Of course, I am a Gentile. I mean, that he was referring to in that day. That where they were only completely, because they were ignorant of, of the God of Israel. And uh, they, so they, they were just seeking after stuff, just stuff. And even in Paul's letters, I believe, he, he reminds us one time to, hey, don't, don't get caught back up when you were, you know, that, that ignorant Gentile basically tells we were ignorant Gentiles because we were ignorant of the mercy and grace and the love of God and the salvation that he offers. And there was a time that uh, the Gentiles were not grafted in yet. And so he said, don't go back to those things where you were ashamed and they didn't profit you anything. And, you know, God called you out of that stuff. You've been grafted in the vine, so you stand by faith, so hang in there. But the biggest thing about this kingdom is that it's not just for individuals, but it can make a difference as a whole. 
if the world would seek the kingdom of God first. I've already said it, though. I, I know that this world is on a timer. And I know that the heavens and the earth are going to pass away with fervent heat. So the Bible says what kind of person ought we to be, seeing we know this. We better be seekers, seeking the kingdom. But if today, in this hour at least, if the world would seek the kingdom of God, if they would seek the kingdom of God first instead of their agenda, their political motive, their ways, their movement, if they would just seek the kingdom of God first, we would have righteousness because that's what it is. We would have peace and we would have joy and we would have love. Jesus was talking to a man they were trying to trick him and trip him up. They were asking him about what's the greatest commandment, different things. But uh, one guy, as Jesus answered, they said, what's the greatest commandment? He, of course, he told him, you've got to love the Lord your God uh, with all your heart, soul, your mind, your strength. That's the first commandment. And then love your neighbors yourself. And this guy says, you have said the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, understanding, soul, with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus saw that he answered discreetly. He says unto him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. When he saw how he grasped that God is first and then we love people as we love ourselves, and then, then you know what he said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. See, if people could just start seeking the kingdom of God, they're going to start loving their neighbor. And we wouldn't have all this nonsense going on in this world. But everybody is seeking their own kingdom. And then, if we would seek him first, we would have everything that we needed. So we need more praying. Honey, come to the music. I'm fixing to be done. And you can stand. We'll close with this thought tonight. And, and uh, you know, that's one thing I love about Wednesday nights is that we get to just look in the Word and take our time and see some things instead of reading through it speedily and realize that even as recipients of that great grace, we do not sit back and fold our hands and take our ease there will be a time where we're going to enter into that rest and we won't be praying, won't be fasting, won't be fighting old flesh. <laughs> it's going to be, that's going to be what a day it will be. What a day it's going to be. But right now, and especially in the day we live in, it is time for fervent prayer. It is time, the Bible says that the Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, or woman. It's time for saints of God to be praying and fasting and seeking his face. And, and we need more praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We need to pray his kingdom, seek his kingdom, and then live the kingdom of God. Because it ain't about stuff. Ain't no measuring stick of stuff. That guy that said, whoever dies with the most toys wins, you know, whatever. 
That's nonsense. He didn't win nothing. But whoever dies in him wins it all. Whoever dies in him, whoever hears that trumpet and their feet leave this ground or they translate and they're out of here, however it works, they've won it all. They'll be like Paul saying, now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness and not for me only. We won't be the only ones going, but I want to make sure I'm one of the ones going. Amen. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and pray together tonight. Lord God, we love you so much and thankful for your word. So thankful tonight, God, that you've granted us through the new birth access to see what we can have in the kingdom of God, to enter into that kingdom of God. And I know one day, God, we're going to enter in and hear you say, well done. But Lord, I believe that today, tonight, in this very hour, that thy kingdom can come and your will can be done right here in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I believe we can have a little heaven on earth every time we pray. Every time we get together, Lord, I believe we can have a little heaven on earth because we can see your will accomplished. Praise God. Lord, let us be kingdom seekers. Glory to God. Praise God. Oh, I want to seek your kingdom, Jesus. More of you, Jesus, I would know. More of you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, lift your hands just a moment. Just love him. Help me, Lord, to seek your face. Help me, Lord, to seek your kingdom. Oh, more of you, Jesus. <laughs> more of you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. What a great God. So thankful for the kingdom of God tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thankful to be living that kingdom life. Hallelujah. Thankful to be living that kingdom life. Praise God. God's good, isn't he? Aren't you glad to be kingdom seekers tonight? Praise God. Keep on keeping on. Keep on seeking the Lord. Don't get distracted. Don't get caught up. Just keep on seeking God. When you wake up in the morning, ask yourself, where's my heart? Who am I serving? What am I seeking? Be able to answer them three questions at the end of the day. At the beginning of the day and the end of the day. Praise God. I love you, church. Appreciate you so much. Ready for Sunday. Don't forget, we'll be both services, 11 o'clock. Our Sunday school, our kids will be back for Sunday school, and we'll have that going on. Also have the discipleship, and then 12 o'clock, our regular service. So looking for a great time in the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.